We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Hack It Out Golf Podcast crew. It's myself, Mark Crossfield, Lou Stagner, as always, Scott Fawcett, talking. Why don't golf pros shout four? I honestly have no real answer to this. I'll be interested <laughs> to see, because obviously some This might do. be the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us just go, I don't know. Um, and then we also have a bonus question, just in case this podcast isn't long enough. It should be a fun one. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. How are we both doing? Do you both shout force? I imagine, Lou, you have to shout for quite a lot. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> if that was coming. Come I was on. trying to think if I was going to put my I never have to Come shout. That was... All right, so I used to play with uh, some guys many, many years ago, and I, I got, I don't want to call it the driver yips, but I got a case of the... I did. I had no idea which way the driver was going to go, Ooh, yeah. and it became standard on every tee shot that I hit. The three guys that I would play with, as soon as I would make contact with the ball, instantly all three of them would scream forward in unison as loud as they could on every single one of my tee shots. <laughs> no matter where, where I could have piped it, and they were screaming four on every single one of them. So what's the but saying? I, who needs enemies when you have friends, yeah, or who needs yeah. friends when you have enemies? One of those. Exactly. Absolutely. But I imagine you're not scared to shout for Lou, joking aside, if you hit one offline, your first instinct, mm. if you don't know what's over there or you know there's something over there, as in other people, I imagine your first instinct would be to just scream four, wouldn't it? You're yeah, not shy. It's Absolutely. Just... I have no problem shouting for sometimes it's challenging when when you hit the ball as long as I do, Mark, you, you wouldn't identify <laughs> with this. Sometimes you don't realize that it's flying 295 and there's people perhaps in the landing area. You don't yeah. have that issue, so you can't really identify. So. Now, and my ball's traveling so slow. If it did hit anyone, I think they would just giggle. You know, they, so they I might think, just giggle. I shout for and they kind of smile back and catch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> this one? You mean this one? Yeah, yeah. that one. Sorry, guys. A nice soft and one. girls. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so um, for you, I mean, for me as well, I think, before we come on to Scott's for philosophy, I mean, I used to play golf uh, when we filmed with a great pro, still is a pro, Steve Buzzer. People listening will know the great Steve Buzzer. He's now in America, actually, as a coach. He's married over there and expecting his first child. Well, congratulations, Team Buzzer. Um and he he was a legend at shouting for because he used it as a brilliant release. If he hit a tee shot that was offline, it used to make him so angry that the screech or the booming four actually acted 
as a release of frustration. You know, some people might hit it offline, slam their club. People might want to like internally get beat up. He would brilliantly use his four on some occasions. Literally, you know, it was like shouting an F word, but one he was allowed to shout. And I used to think <laughs> that's a really good way of using it. You know, you could just shout, you know, the bad F word, or you could shout for and pretend it is it. And then you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. I'm saving people and I'm getting my frustration out. And I used to think that was a really good idea. Scott, I'm sure you're not scared to shout for, I mean, because some people are, aren't they? You've played with some golfers and they're I mean, like, I don't enjoy you gonna shout? are you going to shout? And then you shout for them. But yeah, you, you, you will shout though, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I don't enjoy it, but I've certainly shouted. I mean, I, the thing with the tour deal, and so this is obviously, this is, I think, people clearly trying to hate on Bryce and like they're looking for anything. And others, can. and others. And others, no doubt. But again, when you're out at a tour event, like it's pretty just kind of loud and clamory, like, but to at least signal for or something, I, I don't understand it. And there's definitely times when I've been like, oh, y'all are just nitpicking again, like to me at Bryson, but it's to everyone for sure. But then the one at the US Open, I, I think it was when he just sent it straight right. And there's people and I'm just like, dude, at least signal. So that way somebody who's paying attention down there sees the signal, the, the no laying up for right signal, just like give them some sort of heads up because man, a golf ball can do some damage. And that one where I'm just finally like, all right, man, you, you got a signal. I, I've had two in my life. And I, I, I don't remember the second one. I just remember that it happened once. I had one time I was trying to flare a three wood on a par five, laying up around the front of a green. I definitely shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. I should have been waiting, but the people on the tee box behind me were already like yelling at me to go like, and so I went ahead and hit while these two guys were still on the green because they were not going fast. Yeah. And I hit this stuck double, double cross where I hammered this three wood and it was going right at him. But I've, I've watched enough golf I've, and they were standing about eight feet apart and I could tell it was between them. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, if I yell for like, I'm, this is my, your brain's going so fast. I'm like, if I yell for, they might jump into it. It's not going to hit them, but it's going to be close. And I didn't yell for, and it literally landed right between these two dudes. And I sheepishly drove up there and I'm like, man, I could tell it wasn't going to hit you. I didn't want you to jump into it. And I yell for now every single time. It's just like, uh, I mean, again, it's not fun but you have to yell for. <laughs> yeah, I think you've just covered your back, hasn't you? I always think if I'm on a golf course and I I would rather yell for than not. Do you know what I mean? Yes. If someone gets a bit upset because I've yelled for and it puts them off, I kind of think I don't care. I'd rather yell. Like, I'd rather tell my child, even like my older child now when we're crossing a road who are like, you know, turning 16, car, you know, I'll still say it. It's, I'd rather say it than not. I don't care that it annoys her. If she doesn't see it, I'll never forgive myself. So I just say it. Do you know what I mean? It feels a bit like that to me. I, if I would rather just shout. And I think people appreciate it as well. They actually more than worried. Of, I know what you're saying about jumping into it. I just think people do appreciate that heads up even some some get annoyed obviously but as long as you're not hitting out of turn so why do you think and i've racked my brain with this why do you think they don't shout for on tour whoever the players are who don't and there are definitely occasions where the ball is offline and the crowd is lining the hole and obviously at tournaments they can't see where some of the crowd are. You know, you have a line of the hole, but there's people behind that line who are moving between holes and what have you. Why do they not shout for? Like some of the ideas I've had in my head, like do you not shout for because 
is it the steward's job? Like, I don't know. So I could moan that they don't shout for, but they could quite easily come back and say, well, we're not meant to shout for. So, um, but then that, what confuses me with that is obviously you got plenty who do shout for. So I, that confuses me. Um, does shouting for, as you kind of insinuated a little bit there, Scott, which I agree, you know, it's busy. There's lots of people around hearing a shout of four on a busy course with spectators, like, everyone is ducking aren't they you would struggle to maybe know what direction that four is coming from where on a golf course you have a little bit more of a that came from that direction you know there's generally a hole there i'm gonna watch out apart from that can anyone think of ideas of why they don't i literally can't i, I don't I can't know. think of one no i, <laughs> I mean, mean the, the ones i make are fairish i guess but i still don't see them as an excuse Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It has to be an embarrassment thing. There's just, there is no, for this situation, it's a, it's a projectile coming in really fast. I mean, again, I, I like Bryson, I, you know, I've obviously worked with him. I, he's, I think he's a good guy. I think he's very misunderstood, but that one, I, I don't remember what hole is on, but it was like, there's an ocean on the left. There's no one over there. Everybody is on the right side of this hole. You have shipped it straight right. And to not just acknowledge, again, even with just the signal right, I got nothing, man. And I, I am definitely get people telling me I'm just an apologist and defending people too much. And, and this one, I got nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? Part. Yeah. Lou, uh, have you got any ideas of why they wouldn't shout for? I have no idea. And we really don't know who is shouting for and how often they are shouting for. We just don't see enough shots to, to know who is guilty. I have to imagine every player out there has been guilty of it at one time or another. Um, and we don't get to see every player. We don't get to see every shot. But every single player should be saying it if there is ever a question of a ball going to hit somebody they need to yell for absolutely every single time i mean the only other thing i could come up with when i rack my brain to try and think of both sides of the argument why they don't and obviously i think the ones the argument for that they should we all agree on as we understand it you know it's just they should you know i've heard people like lee westwood publicly on twitter be like stating why are they not shouting for and other tour players who are playing in these events just saying like why are these players not shouting which makes me think there is no excuse um but you could argue, and it's a weak argument, it's not mine, I'm literally just playing devil's advocate. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved. Your, a tee can be next to a green. The person behind you, if it's day four, is going to be someone, arguably, who is scoring in the region that you are in because they're put off in order of you know the leaders going back. I could shout for quite purposely and affect people's performance there's a part of me that even wonders like is is it anything to do with that nah, but then again I, I, I don't, don't think it's that no. i'm just 
not. I, I don't. I don't think it, it's that at all. Um, there's no way um, it, yeah. it's that. But I did. I used to play with a guy that he would shout for for other people <laughs> to intentionally throw them off. So when he would be in a match, we had you know one of those match play things every year at the club. You know brackets, and as soon as if you played against him, if you hit one that was a little bit off, a little bit squirrely, he would shout for. And oftentimes, you know, they're all there had to do was be somebody within a hundred yards before the ball would have yeah, ended yeah. up and yeah. he would shout four and the other player would often be startled. Like, well, what are you, what are you doing? And I've, I saw him one time where someone was like, well, what, what are you doing? And his response always would, would be, well, that one looked a little bit different. He was just trying to play head games with them. That's and so incredible. He, yeah. He, uh, he was tough to play against. He's it's a good so player. Interesting. Yeah. It's How so interesting. Sudden- how how sudden I watched I went out and watched the Byron Nelson one year and I heard somebody yell like from a couple holes over just man hitting or player teeing off or something like that and I was like what was that and so I went and found it It was Hal Sutton had this caddy every single shot and and I'm telling you I, I actually asked Hal about it and he remembered it this one caddy he literally every shot would just yell and it would just because it would startle the whole crowd and it would just shut them up and so it was, it was like part of his pre-shot routine. It wasn't like he's about to start hitting. Hell's like over the shot, waggling. And the dude would yell, man driving. And I'm like, oh my God, does that not drive you crazy? That's awesome. So, yeah, it was unreal to watch. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now, I mean, you say that, Lou, about that player. It actually gave me flashbacks. You say that. It makes me remember. I remember playing in county events. So county events in the UK would be... So they're amateur, like decent standards. So above county, you go international. It's the one below kind of international, if you like. But, it, you know, you still get internationals playing county events. And I remember playing against some people who would shout for on occasions totally to try and, you know, get in your head a little bit. I remember that. Sure. See, now you said that. I remember yeah, hitting sure. a drive and someone shouting for and me just looking at them going, that is nowhere near them. Like this you... is embarrassing. Are you like? I, I hope you're trying to put me off because I'm pretty good at this game. And as in the putting off game, let's play. You know, I didn't mind um, it. <laughs> you may wanna, you may wanna relay that tactic to your European Ryder Cup squad. It, it, it might be the only chance you have is to start right. playing gamesmanship yeah, like at that level. So just shouting for every time Bryson yeah. strikes it, no matter where it goes. That's about it. That's going to be here before you know it. it well, it's you, a, it's yeah, upon it us. It is. It is upon us. And you could probably shout for if Bryson and um, Brooks Kepka get within 20 yards of each other, maybe you could just shout for. I don't know. Your team doesn't seem that united, but hey. That's no, I will be united <laughs> enough to beat you, Jokers. <laughs> um, so that leads me on to two other questions then with why they don't shout for. First, the first one is who's responsible? If someone is hit, who's responsible? So in the UK, and I'm no law expert, but I'm responsible as the person who hits the ball, not the course, as I understand it. And I'm happily be wrong here in the UK if there's lawyers listening who say that's not actually true. But as I understand it, this is why golfers take out golf insurance in the UK. If I hit a ball and it hits someone on the boundaries of the course, that's me responsible. Again, don't quote me on the law of this, but I'm pretty sure this is how it is in the UK. If I hit someone out of the boundaries of the course, I'm pretty sure, but again, not sure. It's the course's responsibility to keep the balls flying within the course. So that wouldn't be my responsibility. But on the PGA Tour, 
someone hits a tee shot, hits a player, and something pretty serious happens, because it could, um, who's responsible? We pay Anybody insurance. Is? So with your entry fee, your entry fees for PGA Tour events are only like 50 or or $100. Right. So if you Monday qualify, and, and I should say this is, you know, I was on the, that tour years ago. You, even if you Mondayed in, you paid like a hundred dollar entry fee. And yep. that was explicitly for insurance. Cool. So yeah. in effect, the insurance, you're not responsible for sharing. Players are not responsible. No. no, that's interesting. So, and the, so does that and mean- it's on the it's back on of the to... ticket too. The back right. of the ticket is you yeah. assume all- risk yeah. and liabilities now they're yeah, going to sue you around it anyways but the player is is definitely got an inch an umbrella for that yeah and that doesn't surprise me otherwise they if they if they were if they were responsible if they didn't shout fall do you reckon the four shouts would go up i reckon i'd be standing on the right side of a few of those <laughs> holes waiting for a millionaire to pop me in the head <laughs> like, that would be the easiest money ever that, would, be, that would not go well you'd be queuing up not to put your master's yeah. chair down that'd behind that. the 16th tee you'd be queuing up to stand down the left of 18 yeah. at Augusta. Oh. i'd have a batter's box helmet on where i've got like <laughs> yeah. the side protection where i'm not going to get killed but i would take one you'd be yeah you'd be tracking it and you'd you'd try to run into it and intercept it you'd You'd be like a center fielder out there trying yeah. to get in the way. So one last question, and very hard to police this one then in relationship to why they don't shoot shout for. Should there be a rule on the tours, PGA Tour, that they should shout for? Just for the, more than anything else, what it says to everyday golfers, the message it gives. Should there not be a rule that, look, guys, if you hit the ball and it's heading anywhere near the crowd, we want you shouting for like you shouldn't be just putting your hand up and you shouldn't be not shouting for is that a fair shout should there be not a rule as in two shot penalty more a etiquette based look we want our stage show you know we want our performance to show the audience that we care that they're in here and their safety and we believe that people around golf clubs should be encouraged to shout for and we can play our part is that a fair idea or not? Personally, I think that it should just be an understood thing when you come, like just literally, it'd be a great no laying up sales pitch. Just when you come in, like at every entrance, there's just a sign that says, if you see a player doing this or this, and now it's up to you, the patron, if you're standing in an area where golf shots might be coming, you need to pay attention. Unfortunately, so Scott was people... sorry. Scott was putting his arms up there saying, like, yeah, you should be doing the right. signal for right and for left. I do, I, you know, you're- But I'm not going to see that. I, I can't see that. My eyes aren't good enough to 300 out to see someone's arms Someone will, though. deep. I mean, and again- yeah, But then who's then shouting? Who, who's I mean, then shouting? I am wearing my glasses, so I still can't see them. I'm, I'm pretty well, mole-like. I, I think that's a risk you're, you're <laughs> bearing then when you come. I, I do believe yeah. that. I do agree with your devil's advocate point. Like, that actually is my only- There are a lot of greens, and I'm not saying I agree with this, but I do- see your point about not interfering with the prior groups. Like I actually do think that's a legitimate point. I don't think that it, it supersedes the, Hey, let's don't kill somebody point. But what if, you if, mean as in like, we don't want to be put, putting off. I'm like only four under and Jordan speaks behind me, 10 under leading. I can shout for because I want my mate to win and it might put him off. Is that what you're well, saying? It's not even that, that they would be doing it intentionally. It's just that he might be over four foot putt. That's pretty important. Yeah. yeah. And you yell forward uh, in the middle. Of yeah. That, but I mean, that that's like saying they might be over a four foot putt. That's really important. 
and you hole out a wedge from from 140 yards, the crowd's going to go bananas when that happens, and, and that could be at a very inopportune time. I think if, if you're yelling, if you stripe one absolutely down the middle and you scream four, that's a problem. But well, if you hit one into the crowd, you need to yell four, and if somebody happens to be over a shot at that time, it, it, it is what it is. It's rub of the it's green. Just, I, again, I don't disagree with that. I, again, yeah. I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying – if it was just understood, you have to signal for that would be one thing again, like, again, I'm just, again, trying to see the devil's advocate point where I do agree. Like it could be inopportune, but I also, I agree with you, Lou. What if somebody holds out? Like that's pretty inconvenient also. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they, I definitely think they need to yell for every time. And if a player is yelling rule, it, Lou? should it be what, a rule? Should it be a rule? I, I, well, I, I think it's, I, I don't know if you can make that a rule. I mean, sure. Like an etiquette rule, like the yeah. same way you probably shouldn't pull a Mooney, you know, that kind of Make it of a rule. rule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and have them yell. And if somebody else doesn't, like if I'm in a group and I, I see somebody hit towards people and they don't yell, I generally, I'm very quick on the trigger with yelling. Um, yeah. and, and I saw somebody get hit one time and it was pretty ugly. They were sitting in a cart and they got hit in the leg by somebody in my group. It was a 90 degree dog leg par five and playing with a guy who, who bombed it and he flew it over the corner and he hit a woman in the leg and her leg was, by the time we got there, her leg was like the welt on her leg was bigger than the golf ball that hit her. It, it, it yeah. hit hard. Yeah. Hit her right on the fly. So yeah. it can do some damage for sure. Yeah. And when I say it should be a rule, as in, or should it be a rule, I pose the question. I don't, I mean, as in, you know, a player doesn't shout for, goes in the crowd. It's a, a real moment that the TV, we know the TV's picking up that, you know, that moment. It's more a step to the side at the end. Look, X player, we could, is it possible that you could just shout for in those occasions? It just helps our brand, our product be maybe a little bit more respectful of the fans who are basically a big part of paying the way of where their lives or how their lives become to be as, you know, successful as they deserve, as they, you know, as they deserve. It just goes back to just being part of a functioning member of society. Yeah, but that's what I don't, yeah, that's, but sometimes maybe in capture Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that, but maybe the tour needs to help them. Like, you know, I've been with these tour guys like you have, like they don't even look after their own passport, some of them. You know, I've finished filming with them and their PA gives them their passport, like they're not allowed to keep it. You know, like maybe they can take responsibility for hitting one at other human beings, I think would just be be nice, wouldn't it? I think. Would you shout for, it's a good question then, it just popped in my head. Would you shout, if you're on the back of the 18th tee at wherever, let's say a tournament, a big tournament, it doesn't have to be a big tournament, player hits it, snap hooks it left, heading towards the crowd, no one's shouting, would you shout? As a, as a, as a fan in the crowd? As a spectator. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I would shout. You so wouldn't. 100%. I would yell for. I would I, absolutely yell for. Because no and one does. stare down no whoever does. did it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> and then look to the person next to you going, come on. Would you, Scott, would you shout if you were in the crowd? Uh, you don't know I, any players. I, I you don't, you're not. not. I no, mean, just, I, I, the audience aren't shouting, are they? If you they put, I'm not saying it's their responsibility, they're but too they're busy. Not. They're too busy mashed yelling potatoes. mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Booey. You can't <laughs> yell four when you, you're yelling Baba Booey. It doesn't no, work. That so, doesn't uh, work. I, I, the course I used to play at, for whatever reason, it caught on. I, I still don't even know who started it, but one summer, 
Um, when you would hear four on the golf course, it was one of those courses. It was kind of eh, a little back and forth holes, not super close together, but close enough. And if somebody yelled four, you could hear it pretty well in a big chunk of the golf course. Well, as soon as you would yell four, <laughs> there would be somebody who would yell five from a different part of the <laughs> golf course. And it became a thing. Like anytime you heard four, second or two after it, you'd hear someone scream five real loud from a different group. It just became a thing on the golf course and it lasted the entire summer. And I won't lie, I, I yelled five a few times myself. <laughs> you guys probably don't have a very good dress code either. Yeah. Uh, a lot of cargo shorts and untucked shirts, that's for sure. Oh, that's, that sounds disgraceful kind of golf. That yeah, and, and socks were of variable length that's ridiculous not measured on the first tee how can that nah, happen no you didn't measured. have the sock cane the sock measuring cane out on the first <laughs> so, sorry sir sorry madam you have to go home those socks is a four millimeters too long off you go see you next week um okay so we don't know why they don't shout for uh, i've spoken to tour pros about it who also don't know why some don't shout for and think it's crazy like they literally scratch their head no answer i just think it's a real quirky one that should just be a i think for the just for the transparency of the tour and the product it should just start to become part of their ethos to get a culture of full shouting from everyone like you just start now get them to you know just make them aware when they haven't shouted and that they maybe should have and then you know like we said at the start, just shout, like I shout for, even if I'm not 100% sure if it's hitting someone, just, I just would rather be covered. Cool. I've been, I was going to say. It does suck. You know, I will say, because I'm sitting here trying to put myself in the position. Yeah. I, I will, you know, admit it sucks. You know, luckily or unluckily, I didn't have to play in a whole lot of uh, tournaments with, with spectators. I definitely can remember yelling for a few times and it's definitely embarrassing. It definitely sucks. That's yeah. not a reason not to do it. Yeah. Um, I definitely, one of my, I, mean, I played a few groups in front of Tiger back in, in the 99 Open, and there were 20,000 people on every single hole. And one of my biggest thrills, even though I shot 79, was not hitting it into the crowd once. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's nerve wracking, man. You don't want to be the guy that caps somebody and, well, I've been to celebrity pro ams, right? Like the Irish Open, I went to a there was a celebrity pro am, and I was following, I was filming, and I was inside the ropes, kind of walking with them with Rory's group. Uh, I can't remember who the celebrities were now in that group, but <laughs> they were not hitting it very straight. I honestly was petrified because you could imagine in Ireland, Irish Open with Rory McElroy, the crowd was 10 deep every hole. And these TV presenters were like, oh, honestly, I have never flinched so much with a camera in all my life. I just can't believe anyone didn't get hurt. But um, things like the Pebble Beach Pro-Am must have some interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> how, sure. How yeah. do they survive that? Like, I wouldn't be going to that event personally as a spectator. I'd fear for my life. Yeah. Um, there we go. We don't know. So my, my second question then for today's pod, we've covered four shouting and we're clueless, like I thought we would be at the start, but great work, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a fun little question. If you were starting golf again, what would you change? What would you do differently? If you were, if you could go back in time and speak to the beginning golf, Lou Stagner and the beginning Scott Fawcett and myself, the beginning Mark Crossfield, what would he, what would we tell ourselves? Who wants to lead with that one? 
Scott, what would you tell yourself? You know, it's funny. I was listening to Sam Harris's waking up app uh, this weekend as I was driving around New York City. And he I, I had forgotten he said this, but it was a brilliant point. He, he said that he's often asked on podcasts and whatnot, what advice would he give his 25 year old self? It's a very common podcast question, obviously. And he said, you know, his answer was the waking up app is my long form version of that, you know, answer to that question. And it's obviously hours and hours of teaching meditation and mindfulness and how to understand your mind. I, I, I hate sounding salesy, but my long form answer of that question is the decade app. I mean, I would, I would teach myself the mindfulness, the understanding of strategy and, and the speed control and putting. I think those three things, you know, obviously all th that's what I didn't do well. And, and I do believe that those are things that you don't even really realize how important they are until you reach a certain level of, of play. And for me personally, I never played as much as a junior or collegian, you know, so naturally, I, as I joke all the time, so naturally I turned pro, but I just never had enough time to get to the point of realizing how important those, again, mindfulness, strategy, and speed putting, how important those three things are. You've got to play enough to realize, I just keep ramming my head into this wall and that's really when I look at the success the players that I work with have, it always comes back to those three things. And that's, I just was utterly clueless about it. It is a no brainer. Those three things followed closely by lift heavier, not high rep, low weight, go heavier, especially with, you know, every, every weight from the belly button down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with those. I like that. Uh, Lou. What would you tell the young Lou <laughs> sat, sat in that university dorm or in that school library oh, reading man. those books? What would you tell that young Lou? Why are you giggling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the young Lou oh, reading those boy. books, you know, yeah, yeah. Me measuring stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. I would, I would probably have taken lessons early on, which I never did. Um, after so I tell me about that. So what, what age did you start and when did you take your first lesson? Um, well, I remember I started, I played left-handed when I was a kid, Yeah, yeah. Uh, played left-handed when I was a kid and I switched over to right-handed eh, about 20, 21 years old, somewhere in that range. Um, and I did not take my first lesson until, uh, maybe 14, 13, 14 years after I started. Oh, wow. So you just yeah. got out there and did yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I was already, yeah. I had worked my way on my own. I, I was, had played in a few state AMs, was played, got down to around scratch for many years and, and had never taken a lesson at that point and then took a few after that. And, um, so I would have taken lessons earlier on. Um, I don't know that I would have switched over to left-handed, to be honest with you. I may have stuck with lefty um, yeah. and not switch to righty. Um, like I often think about trying to go back to left-handed um, and uh, it would be fun to be able to get to single digits as a lefty and a righty. Like that would be a really, it would sounds crazy to most people, no, like, but that would be a really be fun good. goal for me to try to, to, to try and get to. Um, I might give that a shot one day. Um, don't know yeah. if I could pull it off. Um, and the other thing is I would have spent far less time on putting. I spent way, way, way too much time on putting when I started off, um, way too much time on putting. And um, I still would have worked at putting, but um, not 
like I did. I would be probably a much different player if I would have spent the same amount of time with my full swing as I did with my putting back then. Because I, I think uh, I got to a point where, you know, my gains with putting probably became pretty marginal and I could have achieved the same skill level as a putter with, you know, 30% of the effort that I was putting in on putting and dedicated all that time to full swing. So those are yeah. the things I would, I would have probably changed. What, what about you? I like that. Well, mine is putting. I mean, I, I'm, I think like you in that way, I, I spent a lot of time putting. I've always enjoyed putting. Like I know you do. It's something yeah. I've always felt like has been one of my weapons. So I would keep sharpening that weapon if you like um i would reduce my putting practice probably 60 to 70 percent and the 70 percent of time i used to spend uh, practicing my putting i would have absolutely turned myself into a gym junkie you know i would have actually tried to teach myself to love and want to and crave going to the gym and got stronger um my putting would have the data would have settled with gains on putting at a very early age, as in, I don't think I would have been out, you know, to push it. Obviously I used to have my outlying rounds where you hold everything like everyone does, but it, it just stayed in a good spot and it would have been in my peer group in the, the higher end of what I could achieve. And I don't think it would have been any worse if I practiced it 60% to 70% less because I, I I just enjoy it. I mean, as someone now who doesn't really practice putting hardly at all, I mean, I've got a putting green in my garden, which I put on a bit, but I chip on it more than I put on it. Um, I certainly don't practice my putting like I used to. And it's still relatively sharp as a kid. Mm. I think it would have stayed like it's still relative, like it could be better and I wouldn't not practice it. But, you know, at my age bracket, the same for all of us, I think if I had have gone to the gym back then, I would have been well ahead of the curve because it was not what people are doing. So it's one of those, you know, should never have sold that house. Look what it's worth now kind of conversations. I look back and just think I would have been way ahead of the curve. I would have been ahead of Tiger, not in ability. I'm not saying that, but as in I would have been pushing that idea of trying to overpower the whoever my playing partners are way before, you know, I would have been kind of well, John Daly I don't know his actual age I'd have been more that era with my age so I, that's my biggest thing I would change I would have I spent far too much time putting and I loved it but it wasn't giving me the rewards that I craved um, not that we knew that at the time basically similar to Scott I think you know not knowing those things which is why it's so exciting I think where we are now with ideas of stats and what have you um, it is giving younger golfers more of a chance of seeing where the needle is pushed to and how they can try and push it a bit more where we were obviously our generation was a little bit swinging in the dark i would say so yeah that's what i would change what's well, swinging a, in the dark is a perfect way to put it like we're yeah. just i mean sure. you know i've had the feeling scott i'm sure you have as well i'm sure you have as well lou but i've played in pretty big tournaments and done well and i've played in pretty big tournaments and done average and you know, I, I would say I could have told you what I did different, but I wouldn't have been right. Yeah, I'd have been saying things like I hit 16 greens there and I've still shot two over par or I've hit 16 greens there and I'm still one over par. I just think, I think I've said this story before. I remember sitting with David Howe, ex-Rider Cup player after a tournament and he hit eight greens and shot four under. Same tournament, same course, I hit 16 and shot one over. 
uh, <laughs> that was a depressing, depressing dinner that we had that evening. I was just like, what is going on here? Like, what is he doing differently? Well, he was in par fives in two. He was in it closer because he had considerably less club in than me because he was longer. But we just weren't seeing it. It was glaring at us, but we weren't looking at it back then. You know, I just carried on trying to hit 16 greens and hope I hold a few more putts. Well, probably aren't going to hold that many 30-footers, am I? <laughs> That's the no, I, really, I, I do. I just look at what guys, the great, you know, long-time instructors, the Chuck Cooks, the Butch Harmons, all those guys, they, they really do a great job of teaching people how to score. And ultimately, I think that's what the decade app accidentally does. And I think that's what most people, when they just look back at it, they're like, I just never learned how to score. And most people don't even know what that means. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like a soundbite, but it's just hard to figure out. And, and just you guys with your putting and just what actually matters just before we had data and, and, you know, actually could like solve the problem. It's easy to, it's easy to look back and be like, God, we're morons, which there are times I'm like, how did you not figure this out better? Yeah. Um, but it's it great that we can intuitive. do it. But it's, it's great that intuitive. we can do that as well though, isn't it? As in to look back and see that we are morons is what hopefully for me, certainly as a coach and you both coach and help golfers, it makes me really excited as well. At the same time, we have to make these mistakes to help people not make them. That's also what's yeah, so exciting. I just want to clarify though. It's, it's, I, I don't mean that putting isn't important because that, no, that I know not, you're not saying yeah, that. I, I'm saying I spent significantly too much time on putting far more than any normal person spends on putting. It, it wasn't uncommon for me to, 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 I probably averaged 15 to 18 hours a week on putting the entire year all the time, you know, even in the winter time in the Northeast, I had an indoor setup where, you know, in my house and, and would spend hours every single day working on it. Um, and, um, putting is, can be very important. It's very player dependent. So to make blanket statements, uh, and I'm not saying any of us are doing that, but to make blanket statements and say, you know, off the tee or approach is far more important than any other part of the game. Well, I mean, knowing nothing else, yes, but it's very player dependent. Um, there's two players and I tweeted about this the other day. There's two players that I work with and, uh, and one of they're both about one indexes and one of them loses almost three shots per round putting and one gains one shot per round putting. Um, I would never tell the guy that loses three shots per round putting Hey, you know, putting really in the grand scheme of things isn't all that important. Like you're a horrific putter. You, you're not, you need to work on your putting. You need to spend less time hitting golf balls on the range and you need to spend more time working on your putting. So it's what very is that player, player doing. What is that player doing so well to be off the same handicap as the other? And... Uh, a phenomenal approach player and yeah. off the tee. Yeah. Great full so hitting it long. Yeah. Or just yeah. straight. Long, straight, just a phenomenal approach player. Yeah. And these yeah. guys are both baselined against scratch players. So, yeah. they're, you know, not against tour players. Um, and um, he would be doing himself a disservice if he if he didn't start to focus on putting more. So um, I, I got to a point where I all of that extra time wasn't really giving me any benefit. I, I should have. Yeah. As Mark will tell you, I should have worked on my swing a whole lot more. Yeah, absolutely. I think your swing could have a far less 
um what's a fair way of saying it? it could be simplified keep the power and then you would be more reliable and then like you say if you are i mean there was a study done was it was it pelts who you know how many putts that you like you practice a thousand six footers in a day that doesn't mean the first one you go and hit when you hit a thousand six footers is going to go in so at what point at what number of of six footers do you practice in an in a session that becomes just maybe worthless. It's kind of not achieving anything in, in, in letting you actually hold more putts on the green. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I agree, it has to be player specific. Um, otherwise, it is too blanket statement, isn't it? Um, there we go. Thank you both. Does the Decade app know tell you when you should shout for, Scott? Well, it probably could give you an indication you, that you could be shouting. If you stop up. trying to work the driver so much, you'll never hit it out in the crowd. So hey, life will be easy. I like that. Good one. There we go. Post comments down below. Let us know in the reviews. I mean, um, do you shout for all the time? Do you shout five as well? Is that still a thing? I've not heard Wait, that. Let's get that going. Let's we should start get that, that back going up. again. We should tweet once a week four. And all I want to see in replies is five. If yeah. you reply with five, we know you listen. We know your fans, and we will appreciate and give that a like. Well, and like, also, even, and also, even Scott, you... I like fives. If you see fives in response to any of our fours, Scott, you'll go on Twitter and you'll like them, won't you? I will. I will. And and if you are one of the ones who shout mashed potatoes, stop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with mashed that. Mashed potatoes. Well. I highly Louis. doubt the mashed potatoes yellers are actually avid golfers, so they're not listening to three dudes talk about golf. No, probably, no. probably uh, not. To be fair, I have no idea what the person or people showing most potatoes would actually be doing because I can't imagine that. Like, who are you? Just who are you? <laughs> <laughs>